Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to part two of Creative Writing Toolbox podcast. Last week, I shared with you the idea of incorporating daily writing through the use of different kinds of journal writing, story starters, writing prompts, list making, using idioms and hyperboles, and different board games as ways to get your child's creative juices flowing. If you missed it, make sure you check it out. This week, I want to share with you tons of other writing exercises that you can do with photographs, pictures, food, objects around the house, some picture books, poetry, puns, places you visited, topics you might be studying, as well as well-known fairy tales and fables. All of this to spark your child's imagination and writing ideas. And stay till the end, because I'll give you a few hints on what to do with those kids who are just too young to write, who have poor fine motor skills, or who have dysgraphia. So let's get started with part two. There are tons of other fun and random writing activities you can do other than using writing prompts and story starters. I love to collect random photographs and pictures. My favorite pictures to take and to collect are of interesting doors and gates and odd looking houses and bridges. Show a photo of an interesting gate in a garden or an interesting bridge that you found while traveling and then ask your child, what do you think is behind the door? Or what magical land do you think that bridge leads to? Just the intriguing photograph and a leading question will get their juices flowing. At my Coffee with Carrie Instagram page, I have a post back in March of 2020 with an example of a really cool blue gate and suggestions of how you can use the photo as a writing exercise. Once you find it and read it, don't forget to save it for future reference. I also like to collect photographs of really cool places like the Arches and Zion National Park, photos that were sent back to NASA from the Hubble Telescope, Photos of landscapes, pictures of mountains, beaches, and jungles, interesting roads and forest paths, cityscapes, and farm areas. You can pull up some really neat ones on Bing.com. Every day they have a new photograph. Show the photo to your child and tell him that it's the setting to a story. Ask him to write a story that might be set in this particular place in the photograph. Or ask your child to use as many adjectives as she can think of to describe the picture. Ask her if she was really there at that particular place in the photograph. What might she see, hear, smell, taste, or feel? Using her five senses, tell your child to list all the things that she might see there, hear there, or smell if she were really there or what things might feel like or taste like in a place like that. Then, I love to use food as a creative writing springboard too. Give your child a a certain food to eat, and then ask them to look at it, to touch it, to smell it, taste it, and maybe even listen to himself while he's eating it. 
Have him use as many words as he can to describe the food using all five of his senses. Then, maybe after eating at a restaurant, ask your child to be a food critic and to write a review about the restaurant and the food that she ate. She can even add it to Yelp. Now, if your child is younger, have him create his own imaginary restaurant. What kind of restaurant would it be? What kind of food would he serve? What would be on the menu? Then ask him to create a menu for his restaurant. It's super fun if you can get your child to write a few sentences under each food item to describe the food just like it would be on a real restaurant menu and make sure he assigns prices too. Then if you have time, play pretend restaurant. Order food from his menu, let him serve you, and of course, make sure you pay him with tip included. After you read a book or watch a movie together, ask your child to write a review. For fun, add it to Goodreads' website or to Amazon. Collect a bunch of random objects around the house and put them in a bag. Once a week or so, ask your child to place her hand into the bag and to hold on to one of the items. Now leave the item in the bag, but ask your child to feel it, describe it, and try and guess what it is. Then, for fun, pull it out and look at it. Did your child guess the right object? Now that she can see it, ask her to add even more adjectives to the list that describes what the object looks like, feels like, and sounds like. Another really fun activity is to ask your child to add conversations to his or her stories. A super easy creative writing exercise is to write about 12 or more biblical, literary, and historical characters on different index cards. Make sure they're characters and people that your child knows. A few examples might be Darth Vader, Robin Hood, Little Red Riding Hood, and Abe Lincoln. Write these names and these different characters on different index cards. Then randomly turn over two cards. Ask your child to create a conversation the two characters might have if they were together. My favorite was when my son turned over the two cards, Tinkerbell and Hercules. We laughed so hard at the conversation he dreamed up between these two characters for days. Depending on how many character cards you make, you might just have a whole month's worth of conversation starters. Then introduce your child to Tom Swiftley's Hinky Pink's and puns. Hinky pink poems are riddles that begin with a definition and the answer is a pair of rhyming words. For example, what do you call a bashful insect? Well, a shy fly. Or what do you call a little horse? A bony pony. My favorite is what do you call a humorous rabbit? Funny bunny. Together, think of rhyming words and then try to create a few hinky pink riddles out of them. Now, puns are super fun to use and super fun to write too. Puns are a play on words like, writing with a broken pencil is pointless. And what do you get when you drop a pumpkin? A squash! Hey, by the way, I have some skeleton puns too. They're pretty humorous. Find a bunch of puns like this and then try to create a few. My favorite punny activity is to brainstorm as many candy names and candy types as we can. I do this activity every year around Halloween or Valentine's Day when candy is overflowing. 
Using as many candy names as you can, create a punny candy story. For example, far away in the Milky Way galaxy, two airheads named Mike and Ike got lost. Mike was a smarty, but Ike was a dum-dum. They were lost because Ike had butterfingers. He dropped the galaxy map and then rammed into a starburst. They would give a hundred thousand grand to get out of this mess. Did you catch all the candy names in that story? The more candy names you use, the sillier and more fun the story becomes. My kids always love doing this activity. Older kids can have fun with Tom Swiftleys. Now, a Tom Swiftley is a pun that uses an L-Y adverb. Now get that list of L-Y adverbs you created in the last podcast. Create puns and then add some of these L-Y words to it. For example, Tom said directly, a straight line is the shortest distance between two points. Get it? Directly? Straight line? Okay. How about another one? I need a pencil sharpener, said Bill bluntly. Get it? Because his pencil is blunt. He needs a pencil sharpener. Okay, let me try one more. Okay. I think I will use a different font, said Susie boldly. You get it? Okay. I think you get the idea of what a Tom Swiftly is. And don't start from scratch. Use stories and ideas that are already out there as your springboard. Read different fairy tales and then brainstorm how the story might be different if it was told from a villain's point of view. Read the cute little picture book, The Real Story of the Three Little Pigs, or the book called The Other Side of the Story, Fairy Tales with a Twist. They will inspire your child to think out of the box and to look at things from a different perspective. Now, if your child is older, ask her to come up with the backstory of her favorite or least favorite villain. Disney does this all the time and makes millions of dollars by selling the backstory movie. Then read books like The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein or The Tale of the Three Trees by Angela Hunt. Talk about different points of view and the literary device of personification. Then write a story about springtime from maybe the butterfly's point of view, or write about Thanksgiving from the turkey's point of view. That one's always a favorite. Then read different Aesop fables. After you discuss the moral of the stories, then brainstorm how to modernize the fable. Revise myths like changing King Midas and the Golden Touch to Carrie and the Chocolate Touch. I mean, what would happen if everything I touched turned to chocolate? And really, what would it be like if everything you touched turned to gold like King Midas? Maybe read different pourquois or origin stories like how the elephant got its trunk or how the camel got its hump. Then brainstorm other animals that have odd features or brainstorm natural phenomenons like lightning, thunder, and rainbows. Then ask your child to make up his own original pourquois story that explains why maybe zebras have stripes, or why a seashell can hold the roar of the ocean, or where did shadows come from, or why does thunder always chase lightning? 
Then get your hands on the Katie series by James Mayhew. They are about a cute little girl who's able to jump into art masterpieces at different art museums. The books are about her adventures inside each masterpiece. Read Katie and the Sunflowers, which is about Katie going in and out of different Van Gogh paintings. Or read the book Katie and the Water Lily Pond, which is about her adventures in Monet's gardens. After reading one of the Katie books, show your child one of your favorite art masterpieces. Then pretend both of you can jump into the painting. What would happen? What would you get into? What kind of adventures could the both of you go on? Don't forget to write your own versions too, Mom. Now, if your child doesn't like to write stories, then try reading and writing poetry. And yes, read Dr. Seuss. (laughs) The Sneetches is a great book about discrimination and the importance of inclusion. The Lorax is all about being environmentally conscious. Horton Hears a Who is about not bullying. And Gertrude McFuzz is about loving yourself just the way you are. So yes, continue to read Dr. Seuss. Enjoy the messages and enjoy the rhymes. Then read other poems that rhyme and then poems that don't. There is less pressure when the poem doesn't have to rhyme. Write an acrostic poem with your child's name. Using each letter of her name, have your child write an adjective that describes herself. Write an acrostic poem about an animal or something that you're learning about, such as planets or horses. For each letter in the word planets, write an adjective or sentence to describe planets and the outer space. For each letter in the word horse, write an adjective or a sentence that describes horses. These are super easy and simple poems to write. Or write a 5W poem. The first line is about a person or thing you know, the who or the what. Then the next four lines describe what's happening, when it's happening, where it's happening, and why it's happening. Again, this particular poem doesn't need to rhyme. Then try your hand at writing some haikus and some sinkans. Haiku lines are based on syllables, and a sinkan use different parts of speech to create each line. Then try writing limericks, which are silly poems that have an A-A-B-B-A rhyming scheme. My favorite is writing a concrete poem. These are poems about particular things or animals, but the poem is written in the shape of the subject of the poem. For example, a poem about baseball would be written in the shape of a baseball, or a poem about a puppy would be written in the shape of a dog. If your child doesn't want to create her own poem, then she can create an original poem by using two famous ones. Print up two poems, maybe one from Shel Silverstein and one by Robert Frost. Then cut the poems line by line into different strips of paper. Then have your child combine the strips of paper and rearrange the poetry lines to create a brand new poem. It'll probably be a little silly, but it's fun to create, read, and illustrate poems like this. And don't forget that song lyrics are also forms of poetry. So if your child likes to sing or compose music, perhaps he can write song lyrics instead. Finally, 
What do you do with a child who finds the act of physically writing hard or finds spelling and rules of punctuation challenging? Children and teens with dysgraphia are usually very creative individuals with very vivid imaginations, but physically writing or constantly worrying about rules of grammar tend to impede their storytelling and their creative writing. These kids would prefer to write one boring sentence with very little description than to spend time agonizing over spelling words that adequately describe the scene that's going on in their mind. However, if the physical act of writing is removed, a student with dysgraphia will usually begin to write stories filled with details and paragraphs filled with information. For students who are too young to write, or for students who struggle with fine motor skills, or for those who have dysgraphia, try using dictation and narration with them. Let them dictate to you their thoughts, their lists, their stories, or their poems. It is a little time-consuming for you, but so worth it when you finally see and hear their final product. Write it as they speak it. Don't change their words or add to it. You're just recording whatever they're saying. Then after it's written, they can read it aloud, figure out what they want to change or what needs to be fixed. Your student can also dictate his stories or writing into a recording device or on a phone. She can then listen to it later, write a few lines, take a break, then come back to it, then write a few more lines. She can then continue to do this process until what was recorded is now written on paper. Recording stories also allows you time to work with another child while your struggling writer is composing or recording. You can then listen to the recording later when you have more time and then write or type it for him later. Now, if your child is a little older, she can use the Speak app on her laptop. In Word or Pages, your student can literally talk out loud and speak into the computer, and the computer will type exactly what it hears. Now, yes, there will be some mistakes, but that's okay. Print the story as is, then have your student proofread it. She will notice words that were used incorrectly and hopefully find spots where there's missing punctuation. Then she can go back and revise the written work on her computer. If your child is little, it just might be the physical act of writing that's too hard for him or her. Try getting him or her a fatter pencil, which is easier to hold, or one of those pencil grips that you can add to a regular size pencil. You will be surprised at how just changing the size or the shape of a pencil will work wonders for your struggling writer. Remember, mamas, the trick is to just write something every day. And remember, if you can compose an email, write a thank you card, or prepare a Christmas letter to accompany your Christmas cards, then you can teach your child how to write and how to write well. And even if you don't have a creative bone in your body, you can still use some of the writing exercises in this podcast and resources mentioned in this episode or last week's podcast to help your child enjoy writing and to help her find his or her writing voice. Happy writing. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If you didn't listen to Creative Writing Toolbox Part 1, make sure you check that out too. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. 
We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book too, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who's struggling to find creative ways to end the school year strong. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.